Hello, this is Patrick Haleen, Sheriff of Hampshire County. If you're a college student interested in learning about the field of criminal justice, the Hampshire Sheriff's Office would like to talk to you about our summer intern program. Your internship will matter, not just to the clients we serve, but also to the people of Hampshire County who rely on us to protect public health and safety. Interested in making a difference? Please visit our website, HampshireSheriffs.com, and submit an application online or call 413-584-5911 and ask for our HR department. This show may contain subject matters not suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. The views expressed by guests of this show do not necessarily reflect those of WHMP. There will always be rocks in the road ahead of us. They will be stumbling blocks or stepping stones. It all depends on how you use them. Friedrich Nietzsche. Hi, I'm Lisa Riley, and each week we're here to share stories that shine a light on not only justice-involved individuals or underdogs in the game of life, but their struggles, their successes, and also the powerful resources and opportunities available for those who are hustling to carve a new path and prove that failure isn't final. So unlock your future, rewrite your story. This is The Hustler Files. Welcome everyone to this week's The Hustler Files. I'm going to start this week's guest introduction with a statement by Edward Dolan, Commissioner of the Massachusetts Probation Service. No young person is a lost cause to ROCA, even if they have lost all trust and hope for the future. ROCA moves the needle on urban violence by relentlessly finding and focusing on the traumatized 17 to 24-year-olds living at the center of it. We never give up. Young people can count on us to keep showing up even when they fail. That's how we built trust over time and give them the tools and support to change the trajectory of their lives. At ROCA, it's not come to our program, it's we're in your world. And we see the challenges you face. ROCA gets that it's not a linear pathway to success and that it's going to take all of our support. That said, I'd like to introduce my guest today is the executive director and change maker of ROCA for Western Massachusetts, Mr. Solomon Baymon. Solomon, welcome to the Hustler Files. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Well, no more excited than I am because I've known about your organization for over a decade um, out of the, the Chelsea location, and I am so thrilled that we're going to have this chance to chat. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about you, your background, and how you came to work for ROCA? Okay, yeah, perfect. Um, so uh, previously, I worked for Connecticut Department of Correction for about 14 and a half years, um, finishing as a deputy warden. And um, I took an early retirement to, uh, to come over to ROCA as the assistant director. How that happened was uh, I also trained athletes, you know, outside of, of my other profession. And uh, I was subcontracted to come in for something we have called the EACH program, which is the Emerging Adult Court of Hope. And at that time, we had nine participants, and I was tasked with um, their helping with their development, physical, mental, mentorship, and things like that. And uh, the, the, the opportunity then presented itself of possibly making the transition over from corrections to join ROCA as the assistant director. When the opportunity presented itself, I... Uh, I sat down with three of the participants that I was very close with, and uh, I gave them the opportunity to choose for me um, if whether I was going to continue to stay in corrections or come over to ROCA, which, of course, they chose the path of ROCA. And, 
yeah, I took early retirement. I left my pension on the table. I only had about five and a half years left. I came over, and uh, I haven't looked back since. I love it. I love what I do. I'm very passionate about it. Unfortunately, um, only one of the three is still currently in the program. Um, one was unfortunately murdered um, that year. Another one has been um, incarcerated since, um, facing an extended amount of time. And uh, the last one is still, you know, still pushing forward, still going. And um, so it's very personal for me, uh, making that transition and uh, just learning how to disrupt this cycle. I've seen the other side of it. I spent many years working in the correctional field, seven different facilities throughout the state of Connecticut. I saw these young people in many different forms or stages of their lives. So now I'm at the point where I can help disrupt it and, and change that behavior before it's too late. So, And we're going to jump into the change behavior piece because I think that's really that intervention model is important. I do want to rewind for a second. Um, Roca's mission, according to what I read online, is to be a relentless force in disrupting incarceration, poverty, and racism by engaging the young adults, police, and systems at the center of urban violence in relationships to address trauma, find hope, and drive change. Roca was founded 35 years ago. 35 years ago, yes. And I find it interesting that the demographic that you focus on is only 17 to 24 years old. Can you explain that model? Yeah. Um, historically, that was the path that our founder felt that fit best for us. Um, 17 to 24 is a crucial time in brain development. You know, we've learned that the brain doesn't fully develop until the age of 26. So that enrollment pro- process is basically you have to be enrolled by the age of 24. Once you're enrolled, it's still a four-year model. So you can be involved with us until the age of 28. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, that's great. We, we find that, you know, especially going a little bit younger, there's a lot of other moving parts that go with that. Um, so it's still young enough to, you know, make that impact as well as follow them through some crucial years in their lives. So you work with these young men and there are young women. We can talk about that in a little bit. But majority are young men from urban communities in Western Mass. Yes. And you have this really interesting intervention model um, that Roca created uh, called CBT, Cognitive Behavioral Theory. Can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. Um, so CBT we utilize in that disruption process. Um, we meet the young person where they're at, but we don't leave them there. Right, so we, we we give them the tools necessary to uh, apply it in different phases of their lives. For instance, before a young person makes any type of crucial decision that may negatively affect his or her life, we give them skills to utilize. One of our skills being act on your values. Right, so if you're going to, you know, get retaliation against you know someone that you know you feel as though is a threat to you or whatever the case may be, we try to sit you down and go through the steps on. You know, what are you losing? What will you lose through this process if you make that decision? You know, what do you value? What is it? Is it your children? Yeah, I do. I value my children. Okay, so moving forward, what will happen if you make that decision and it it doesn't go in your favor? If you value your children the way you say you value your children, then you will make the right choice if you want to be around in in your children's lives. Flexing your thinking. Is this reality or is this just, just your thought? Do you, is this a fact or you're assuming that this is something that's going on? Utilizing certain skills just to help them stop and process exactly what's happening instead of just being so reactive. 
And CBT is a great tool that we use on a daily to, again, sit that young person down and help them to be, be able to better process through some of these situations that they're dealing with. What has your data and research shown that the reason these young men seem more reactive than maybe young men being raised in other environments? Um, Pressure. I think more of the pressure of, um, they, they, I feel our young men, our young people overall are constantly living in crisis. You know, every moment is very crucial. And, um, you know, there's a lot of pressure from the outside forces. Now at this point you have, you know, everything's videotaped and social media and just, you know, just, just all of it combined together is, is a lot of pressure for our young people to actually live up to who they say they are. And, um, what comes with that is, you know, just a lot of issues, problems overall, um, from substance abuse to, you know, heavily street involved, gang related, whatever the case may be. It's just a lot of pressure. And um, sometimes with the lack of guidance from a parent or guardian to say, hey, this is how you handle that pressure. So they're going to react the best way they know how, which is their baseline. And, you know, it's it, it's going to be what it's going to be at that point in their eyes. So. We just try to help them, again, get more tools in their box to think differently, to not just react to, you know, violence or avoidance or whatever the case may be, because a lot of it is avoidance too, not wanting to address some of those things, those underlying things that's going on. How many young men are you currently working with in the program? Enrolled right now in Springfield, we have 135 in on our phase one and two, which is basically the beginning and starting to progress through our model um, phases. And uh, phase three, we have currently about 48. And that's Springfield. Holyoke, we have another 90, 90, 90 to 94 total, phase one, two, and three. So we're we're well over the 200 mark. Um, and we're looking for more. We get enrollments from all over. We get enrollments from community partners. We get walk-ins. We get um, just enrollments for everywhere. We have a good support system. Um, and it's definitely increased I've used my um, relationships, you know, to leverage to, to to basically just get the word out there even more about what we're doing and the presence. And I, I can honestly say it's been an amazing experience and a lot of help from the community. Well, we have to take a quick break uh, for our advertisers. And uh, Solomon, you'll stick around and we'll continue this conversation, I hope, when we get back. And if you're listening, grab that second cup of coffee and don't touch that dial. Employment, housing, identifying documents, addiction treatment, education, veteran services, and legal advocacy. They're all part of what we offer at the all-inclusive Support Services Center of the Hamden County Sheriff's Office. We provide services to justice-involved individuals as well as the general public with the goal of improving community safety and the quality of life across Western Massachusetts. Don't let life's challenges lock you up. Be a step ahead. For a hand up, stop by 736 State Street in Springfield or visit us at hcsdma.org. Hello, this is Patrick Kaline, the Sheriff of Hampshire County. If you're looking for a career helping people, the Hampshire Sheriff's Office is hiring in many of our departments. We take great pride in our commitment to returning the men in our care to their communities in better health than when they arrived. Your work will matter, not just to the clients we serve, 
but also to the people of Hampshire County who rely on us to protect public health and safety. If you're interested in making a difference, please visit the Mass Careers website for more information. Welcome back to this week's The Hustler Files. And if you're just joining us, we're chatting with Solomon Baymon, Executive Director of the Western Massachusetts site of ROCA, an organization who for 35 years has been a relentless force engaging young adults who are at the center of urban violence to address trauma, find hope, and drive change. Once again, Solomon, thank you for joining us today. I'd like to dig in a little bit more um, on some of the recent outcome highlights that Roca has published. And I also want you to rewind us a little bit and talk a little bit more about the each EACH program that brought you over to Roca. So let's start with that. It's the Emerging Adult Court of Hope. How did that get started here in Springfield area? So it got started with the uh, DA's office. Um, the DA's the DA's office drove the program, created it um, in conjunction with um, probation and uh, ROCA. And um, we also have a judge that's that's also involved in the day-to-day. And uh, it's just an amazing, amazing experience for the young people. The The whole idea and the mission of it is is so important to see, you know, some of these young men get a second opportunity, second chance. And just seeing the, the, the way it was built, the four-phase process, and as you phase through, um, one through four, the expectations just get, you know, more and more high, higher and higher. I will say, um, to to which ending with possibly a career, um, upon graduation. For example, we had a young man um, that uh, recently graduated to each program, and uh, throughout the process, I mean, every task that we put in front of him, he he checked each box, and uh, he ended up going to uh, school for a CDL. And he obtained a CDL throughout the process of going through the EACH program and later graduated from the EACH program, obtained a CDL, and now he's making 90000 a year. That's amazing. Wow. What a great success story. I had been reading about him, and he didn't have any violent crimes. He was living in his car, and he had an unlicensed gun, and that's what caused his original arrest, correct? Correct. And he chose to be in the EACH program. He could have finished his time, um, but he chose to join the each program for the structure and the resources. And I mean, boy, did he did he benefit from it. Uh, I mean, he uh, he was very intentional. He was in the program for twelve months, which he was our first graduate. Um, and just so proud of him, just to see, you know, the program and all the resources, the village, I will call it, uh, see it work. Um, we're very intentional about it. We meet weekly. We uh, try our best to to, to be, all be on the same page and, and help with these youth development. And uh, do we have times where it gets difficult? Absolutely. And, you know, given the population that we're dealing with, we're dealing with the highest risk youth. And to see those success stories, and, and it's just amazing to be a part of it, amazing to be a part of that team. And we just had another graduate about a month ago um, who was one of the originals in the EACH program. He was actually one of the original participants. He is the example of being a part of each ups and downs and finally made it through. And he's now working for a BHN full time. He landed his career also. So that's wonderful. I when I read about this each program, what I really loved about it was the fact that it was a village, but it wasn't an, what some might consider a typical village of people that came together to help these uh, typical village that came together to to help these youth who 
were just really struggling. I mean, think about it. Here's a young man. He's living in his car. He has no support system. And the only reason he has a gun is to protect him from the gang members and the other people that might come try to steal his car or his belongings. And the fact that the district attorney of Hamden County, Galoni, um, joined in on this program and even called it a labor of love, which I just thought was amazing. But what really stymied me on this whole thing was the fact that, as you've already mentioned, a judge, a court judge actually put a stamp of approval on this program and said, I'm going to participate in this uh, to make sure that this works. And it's amazing to see because um, Judge Judge Malpe, um, he's so consistent and he cares so much. Um, and to see a judge so open-minded, you know, to the day-to-day struggles of these young people and understand more and more each day some of the battles. Um, because even for myself coming from corrections, you you kind of see him at a point where it's not too late, but it's, it, it's, it's pretty late. You know, you're already incarcerated. Um, a lot of the issues that were going on, this this is the result of it. So being able to see it ahead of time and being a part of um, the process to disrupt it or possibly, you know, ha- be a part of the change to help them, it's just amazing, and it's just amazing. It's an amazing team, um, and a very intentional. And the young people know how uh, blessed they are to have that that village around them. Where are the baselines for youth that have been arrested or maybe currently serving at a real low level to know that the each program exists and be able to become a participant in it? So a lot of times, what's happening is the DA's office is doing a great job with. Um, sitting down attorneys and educating them on the EACH program. Um, so presentations are happening, you know, regularly, as well as, um, you know, just Roker's in and, and, and probation's in. Everybody's in. It's a collaborative effort where the educational piece is happening. Um, everything goes through the DA's office at that point. Um, once a participant or a potential participant is interested, his attorney will contact the DA's office and, you know, that, that will, it will start from there. Um, Roker's pretty much the day-to-day when it comes to the young person because we're the most hands-on. We're the ones programming-wise and, and, and everything like that, the behavior change. Um, so we come in on, on that end and provide whatever resources we can for the day-to-day for the young people. So I just want to touch briefly on some of your 2022 outcomes, and these are on the Roca INC website. 66 percent came to Roca with violent criminal histories, but only 13% recidivated for a violent offense. That's quite amazing. Mm-hmm. 918 young men served out of five sites in eastern and western Massachusetts. 85% had a history of arrests, but 90% had no new arrests after two years. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. And 98% who completed the first two years were not incarcerated for new charges. Those are just staggering statistics when you take that and you put that up against the jail and prison population and the and the national recidivism rate. Do you get organizations from other parts of the country coming to you to say, how do we mirror this? How do we do what you're doing in your space? Absolutely. Um, and we have um, a committee called the Impact Institute, which helps at other grassroots organizations and um community partners develop, you know, their models and and, and help with uh, basically bettering their program overall, whatever resources that we can we can provide to help out. And um, no matter if we're in the area or not, you know, we, 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 
we're all aligned with the mission. And that's to, to help these young people get on a positive path in life. Well, you must be doing something beyond all this really well because, uh, what was it, about six months ago when the Prince and Princess of Wales came yeah. over from England and you were the nonprofit in Boston that they went to visit, correct? Correct. It was, it, 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 just a blessing to be acknowledged. Um, again, who, who would have thought? You know, just, uh, and, and they were there for a number of hours, um, very hands on. Um, and interacting with the youth there. And again, just an amazing thing to see. Um, I had a visitor about in, back in December. She came over from Australia, you know, just to see Roka. She spent her Christmas week of Christmas here just to see the program she brought, her husband and her son. And uh, she was doing something similar back at home, but just wanted to be a part of this. And just it, it was just amazing, like, when the contact came through and she – she contacted me directly, and uh, we set it all up, and she, she showed up. And, you know, she got the full experience. She shadowed the staff. She went out. She did outreach. Um, spent a bunch of hours with me just, you know, seeing what I do on a day-to-day. And, you know, to this day, we're still in contact. She's uh, she's an amazing friend of the organization. You know, and, uh, the young people, they got to meet her, and, you know, they asked about her now. And it, it was just crazy. I, I would have never thought that that would have happened the way it did, but... It, it just shows like the impact and the work. Well, and I want to make sure we touch on this real quick, is that you don't just do this from an internal inside a brick and mortar. You and your team are in vans and vehicles out on the street almost 24-7, making sure that the young men and women in your programs are doing what they say they're going to do and aren't falling off that wagon. Absolutely. The relentless outreach. Um, we're out there. And and. When you say, hey, I don't want to deal with Roca, uh, you know, uh, you're, you're, it's during maybe possibly relapse where, um, you know, you, you, a young person may want to just, you know, result back to old ways. We don't give up. You come back, you know. If you don't answer the front door, I'll probably knock on the back. You know, if I know where you hang out, I'll be there. Um, just to show you, I'm not going to give up on you. And it, it's 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 no fluff. It's real life. We do it day to day. Um and although you have your moments where it gets difficult for the young person and maybe sometimes embarrassing for them, we're there. We're not we're not giving up. And within 24 hours of a referral, there's a door knock. So if a new participant comes in or we get a new uh, referral letter, we're knocking on that door within 24 hours. And I do also want to mention that the ROCA organization also has a – so the, the breadth of your reaches across the state of Massachusetts – mostly Eastern and Western Mass, but you also have a Hartford uh, women's division now or women's site location. Yes, we do. And you have a Baltimore location, which was recently featured on CBS Sunday Morning with Ted Koppel. And I watched it, and I watched it twice. It's about 15 minutes. I highly recommend it to anyone interested in what the Roca organization is doing. It was one of the most powerful pieces of media I have seen in many years. They have an amazing team out there. Um, I actually went out there last year um, to do some outreach with their team and, and, and sit down with their vice president of Maryland, Kurt, who's amazing. And um, it was just a great experience. You know, they're, they're having a, a very high um, level of violence out there and, um, just being a part of it, uh, what you see in that segment, that Sunday morning segment, is the real deal. It's it's what we do on the daily, um, and again, it's no nothing extra to it. That's what we really do.
We're going to run out of time sooner than later here, Solomon, sadly. And I'm definitely going to bring you back. And I'd maybe love to bring you back next time with one of your, maybe Carlton or one of your program successes to, to share in the conversation. Briefly, can you touch upon your wraparound services? I know those are a big integral part of what ROCA provides. Absolutely. We have a lot of uh, partnerships, community partnerships, and um, we help young people with uh, obtaining SNAPs or um, obtaining their, their high sets or credit recovery, um, insurance, license, um, transitional employment program to get them workforce ready, which is a huge part of the behavior change uh, model. Also uh, helps with reduce the rate of recidivism. Um, anything you could think of, we, we have the resources to either get it, help the young person obtain it, or we have it with in-house. So we try our best to be very intentional, and that plan in place from the moment they walk through the door, it's, it's custom to each of them. Like, it's, it's not cookie-cutter. It's, hey, what can we do for you? How can we help you in, the, in, in any way so you don't go through those same issues that you've been dealing with? All right. Well, as I said a minute ago, and boy, that went fast, um, we have run out of time for this week. Solomon, I cannot thank you enough for making yourself available to join us. I know how needed you are by your ROCA team and all the young people under your watch. And uh, we're all really grateful that you're here. If listeners want to learn more about ROCA and your efforts, how can they reach out to you? They can reach out to me via email, um, Solomon, S-O-L-O-M-O-N, underscore Bayman, B-A-Y-M-O-N, at rocainc.com. Or they can give me a call, um, 413 636-1265 636-1265 or they can stop by one of our offices uh, one is located in Springfield 29 School Street Springfield Mass also we have uh, a satellite site in Holyoke uh, 384 High Street wonderful well thank you again it's been a great conversation too short and right now we've got to take another short break and then we'll be back to wrap up this week with the Hustler Files so sit tight more to come The Hamden County Sheriff's Office is not your average law enforcement agency. Our correctional staff provide a firm but fair approach to corrections as we change countless lives for the better. In the community, Sheriff Nick Cochise's never-say-no philosophy has evolved the field of community policing, bridging the divide between residents and the unmet needs in our neighborhoods. If you want to help make the world a better place while earning a good salary with great health insurance, paid time off, and a pension, please visit hcsdma.org and click Join the Team to apply today. Welcome back. Before I close out the show, remember, if you're interested in learning more about ROCA or supporting their efforts, visit rocainc.org. And today's final thoughts come from Lisa Congdon, You Will Leave a Trail of Stars. Sometimes we walk through life under the illusion that we aren't enough, that our life experience is too boring, too uninteresting, too ridden with mistakes, or too shameful and that we don't deserve success or happiness. But what if we changed the story we told ourselves? What if we began to own the idea that all of our life experiences make us wiser, more enlightened, more compassionate, and more judicious, not less so? Owning and valuing your experience, no matter how unconventional, is some of the most important work we can do. And that's a wrap for today. It is my hope that the stories we share each week release limiting beliefs, create impactful conversations, and activate change. A huge weekly thank you to our producer, Leah, and of course, our guests and advertisers for their support. You can find this show and all of our shows on the whmp.com podcast page and also on any of your favorite podcast sites. 
If you'd like to reach out with any questions or comments, you can email me at lisa at whmp.com. Have a wonderful week ahead. And remember, don't be ashamed of your story. It will inspire others. See you next week right here on The Hustler Files. (laughs) 